KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. I am unreasonably excited about this because right now we bring on wrestling icon, Metroplex resident, and Dallas Cowboys intimidation coach. It is Sting. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Oh, you're familiar with the intimidation coach. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And coming off of a Cowboys win that has excited and agitated people all in one, I'm kind of curious from a sports mentality, what do you look at it? Do you say, hey, look, you won. Let's be happy. Or are you like, come on, we got to do better than that? Well, after a game like yesterday, yeah, we got to do better than that. But, I mean, look at the record. I mean, it looks great. So, I mean, compared to the last few years, I'm happy. I'm happy with this. This is great. Keep it rolling. I'll, I'll take that win. The the moment Jason Witten took uh, took paint off of your face and put it on his own <laughs> was one of my favorite moments in history. Like that was that was an awesome bit that y'all did. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, Is, I would only do that for him <laughs> I, because you like him that much, or you're also a little scared of what he might do. Maybe a little of both, man. He's a big dude, you know. Uh, you know what? We I had so much fun doing that, and I had a good one-on-one conversation with him as well. And so we have a lot in common, and I uh, had a lot of fun that day meeting those guys and just to see their faces. They were surprised. A lot of them they had no idea I was there. And uh, then to do the commercial was just, you know, ESPN style. Love that stuff. You know, I'm starting to brainstorm when you talk about the Cowboys and your interactions with them. We have Mark Henry in studio with us quite often to talk football. We need to get this, like, wrestling football combo podcast thing happening. Yeah, I like it. You know, everybody's got a podcast. Man, I mean, it'll it'll happen just because you said that. Okay. Boom. (laughs) Making things happen this morning, Corey. All right, so... You are, well, AEW is going to be here on Wednesday for Winter is Coming. And I was kind of curious because obviously you have experience with, you know, whether it's the Great American Bash or wherever, being or Halloween Havoc, being at a similar venue again and again. What does that mean for, like, wrestling fans in the area to get the same event every year? Well, I'd like to think that wrestling fans would really appreciate appreciate that and you know judging by the the uh, reactions uh, when we go when we do come i think it's true and um i think they do appreciate it and um man i can remember over the decades so many of these cities that were some of my favorite cities to go to we would come back every year and um you know it's 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 incredible and even after all these years uh it, it, it doesn't change and um it's fairly new you know, AEW and uh, coming into the Dallas area for winners coming every year. But, you know, we're building momentum, that is for sure. And uh, looking forward to being there on Wednesday night. Now, last year, Friel's <laughs> winter is coming. I brought along my co-host, Mike Bassick, who used to be a Major League Baseball pitcher. He had not seen wrestling since kind of the Von Erichs heyday and everything. And I was like, it's going to blow your mind. In the very first match was the one-hour world championship draw between Adam Page and Brian Danielson. And at one point, he goes, are matches usually this long? And I'm like, they are not. You are seeing something unique. Yeah, it is unique. I mean, you know, back in the day when I first started, it was very common to have those one-hour, you know, we call them Broadway matches, 45 minutes to an hour. I can remember wrestling Ric Flair for 45 minutes on TBS live commercial free the oh, the first time any sporting event of any kind 
uh, I think even entertainment of any kind was uh, commercial free for that long of a period. And uh, back in the old school days, it was common to have these kind of matches. Not so common anymore. People want to see, you know, fast and quick, you know, give me a YouTube channel to look at instead of watching a, an entire one hour, you know, sitcom or something. And, and so people just want it fast and furious. And uh, I think um, wrestling has changed with the times and uh, we are delivering that. But when you do have the opportunity to see a match like they had, which was incredible. Um, it's, it's, it's a good thing. And, and I think, you know, wrestling fans really appreciate that. I mean, these guys are, they're working their butts off. So and all good stuff. You, you've, you've been with, with this for so long. Did you imagine when you first got into wrestling that you would be like, you would have this much of a connection with it for the rest of your life? No, I was the opposite. Uh, I'm I'm a strange breed, let me tell you. I mean, I, when I got into wrestling, I didn't even know what pro wrestling was. Uh, somebody asked me to do it, and I said, what is it? I had no idea. Hulk Hogan used to come into the gym. People would freak out and say, don't you know who that is? I said, who, who is that? Who's Hulk Hogan? I had no idea. That uh, was a gym that was in the San Fernando Valley. I was in the Santa Clarita Valley, which was just a little bit north. We didn't have pro wrestling on TV when I grew up, so I had no idea what it was or who he was until they said, he's the guy from the Rocky movie. And then I knew. Then, yeah, oh, then Thunder I knew. Lips is here? Yeah. Yeah, man. So the gym, gym was freaking out. And um, anyway, uh, I ended up going through this wrestling camp and, and then had a great feud with Hogan over the years and had a lot of fun doing it. Okay, since you brought this up, I was promising myself I was not going to ask you this, Do and it. I'm sure you've been Do asked it. this a million times, but I'm like doing some old WCW rewatching because I know how to party, is what what happened at Starcade 97? Because how did they mess up the finish to that amazing buildup? <laughs> Man, I... I... To be honest, I, I think it was just it was a package deal. Um, we had a great buildup for a good solid year storyline wise, and the truth of the matter is we did not follow the buildup. Um, Hogan and I did not deliver in that match, and uh, you know what went wrong with the count and all this. To this day, I, I have no idea. I just know that. You know, there were a lot of changes uh, that were happening that very day. And, you know, we didn't know for sure how we were going to handle the deal, how we were going to do it, how we were going to do the finish until literally when we walked through the curtain. And then as far as the count goes to this day, I, I don't know what happened on that one. I'm sure the backstage politics of wrestling are far more complex than I could ever understand, but I don't know how everyone didn't agree long before this. Sting comes in, whips Hogan's ass in about six minutes, and we right. send everybody home happy. But that is for another <laughs> conversation, I'm sure. I appreciate your answer on that. That would have been what we call good business. Yes. <laughs> uh, wrestling icon Sting on with us right now on the KNC Masterpiece on 105 through the fan. We are the home of the Cowboys also. We did see... An offensive lineman, Terrence Steele, is kind of breaking news at this mo this moment. He uh, he tore his ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. I'm kind of curious from your perspective the the process of going through the rehabilitation 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 process and then kind of coming back and what that what that uh, perspective is like for you. Gosh, man, you know, I it's 
funny we're talking about this because I just had surgery. Uh, it's been six, seven weeks ago now. Basically, just a clean out on my my very old knees. Uh, but it is. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Hold on one second. Oh. Um, there we go. Okay, that's my daughter. <laughs> I'm gonna have to call her back. Please apologize uh, <laughs> to her for us. Sorry about yeah. that. No, no worries. But yeah, so it. But you, I know one thing. I've seen those that went through the physical therapy process, uh, you know, with flying colors and did what they were supposed to do and worked through the pain, versus those who did not. And those who did not, they never recover. They never have the the, the game never comes back to them. So I know that is of the utmost importance. Of course, when you've got the, the, the Cowboys behind you and, you know, a whole bunch of people, coaches and fans and players and who are expecting a lot of you, you're going to do it. But, man, it, it in some ways can make you better uh, because you have to learn sometimes new ways to get around. You know, for me, I had to I had to do things differently in the ring. I had to prepare differently. I had to train differently. I had to... Uh, think differently in the ring and come up with new, more innovative uh, ways to accomplish my goal. And um, I think the same would be for an NFL football player. So hopefully he'll become even better. It's just, it's an ACL. Yeah. And so many of them come back from the ACL. uh, Great. You know, with, with no troubles and, you know, but you do have to learn how to maneuver on that knee now because it is not going to be the same. When you get hurt in the ring during a match, how 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 do you try to finish that out? How do you kind of grind through yeah. it to get through an injury? Because obviously in football, Terrence still tears his knee and the play's dead. Doctors come out. He gets taken off the field. But in wrestling, I'm assuming you have to kind of fight through that injury to give a finish to the match. You do, but, I mean, it's just like any other sport and even football. If you're hurt bad enough, you stop, and the doctors come immediately. Um, and everyone knows when that happens, including the fans. Um, you know, that, that happened to me in 1990, Corpus Christi, uh, February 1990 with Ric Flair, uh, he was inside of a cage and I was supposed to come and climb into the cage from the outside because it was locked. And uh, I jumped up to get on there and I felt like somebody took a pipe to my knee. And I looked back, there was no wrestling fans, nowhere, no one near. And I reached down and put my fingers between my, uh, down on my knee and I could put my fingers underneath my kneecap. Oh. I knew my patellar tendon was completely severed in half and I'm hobbling around on you can you can pull this up on YouTube. I'm hobbling around on one leg, and from the knee down on the left side, it's just sort of dangling around. It's just grotesque. And here comes Rick. He's climbing out now. He says, "Oh, what what is Sting doing?" So he climbs out and he starts running down. I've got an entourage of people around me. I said, "Tell him to stop. My patella tendon is gone, man. I'm I'm out of this, you know." He jumps on me, and I'm hobbling around with him on top of me on one leg. It, it was brutal, but it had to stop. Um, I can remember being in the Omni when the Omni was still there in Atlanta, Georgia, and wrestling uh, Vader. And uh, you know, he'd I'd do this dive off the top, and he'd power slam me. And we did this one night in the Omni in Atlanta, and, and we bounced up and came back down with all his 400 pounds on me at that time, and I saw my rib 
not come through the skin, but you know, my, my chin was down on my chest and it was just contorted in such a way where I could see my bone, like almost come out of my skin. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I was hurt. Oh, you know, it was like right there at the end of the match and Leon Vader, you know, he goes, what what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? (laughs) It was a world title match. He could not win the world title that night because we were going in another direction. (laughs) I I told him, I said, I said, I face the referee and tell him to disqualify you. And, And we did that. And, I, there's more to the story that would be hilarious to you guys, but I, I, I wish I was there in person to do it for you. But uh, in other words, he, he drops an elbow on me. After all that, he drops an elbow on me. And I was no, no, no. <laughs> and uh, they had to, you know, carry me out. And, you know, I broke my rib pretty bad on that. That's the left 10th rib. I broke it. But, you know, then there's other times where you're hurt almost to that point but you can kind of still go on um i did that in tna with kurt angle um blew my both my shoulders out the left one was just oh it was so bad but you know i did about two or three more minutes of the match and we finished the match and i went in to see dr andrews uh, jim andrews who's still doing surgeries to this day and um he's been about six on my body and and he looked at my left shoulder and said oh he said, I almost closed you right back up uh, because it looked like a bomb went off inside your shoulder. I thought there was nothing I could do. He said, I gave one last tug on your either, either the, the uh, rotator cuff or the labrum. I can't remember which. And he said, I got a little bit of action out of that. So I tied you back up and cleaned you up. But your rehab is going to be brutal, man. You're going to have to really baby this thing for a few months, for many months. So... You know, football is going to be the same way. I mean, you're going to have some injuries that are going to take you out immediately. I mean, the, the, the stretcher is going to come out. They're going to carry you away. And um, who knows if you're going to come back from one like that. But, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've dealt with all of it. Man, fantastic stuff. I want to let you know also we have multiple people texting in. It's like, oh, man, I'm nerding out so hard right now. <laughs> and just, just to let you know, you have an open invitation to come down anytime. to the studio like Mark Henry does at any point. We would love to have you in yeah, the studio. Yeah, you can elbow drop Kevin anytime. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, when I get there, I'll, I'll show you guys the flying toehold, all right? <laughs> Fantastic. Yes! I feel like I just got volunteered for something that I'm going to very, very, so much very much regret. Hey, I'll, I'll let you put it on me. How's that? Okay. Now now I support that a little bit more, even though I know it's going to turn poorly on yep. me eventually. All right. Wednesday, Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, right down the street from my house. I'm super pumped about that. Is winter is coming. AEW Dynamite gets rampage action going as well. Sting, thank you so yes. much for joining on joining us on the show today. Hey, man. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, it's always showtime on, on your show, right? Woo! Yes, Love yes, to sir. hear it. There you go. Sting right here on 105.3 The Fan. That was awesome. What's great is we're going to get to hear that again on Friday. Oh, did I say something stupid? Well, I feel like Sting just... He did. He yeah, definitely did. And you agreed with him that <laughs> oh, you get man. to put it on him. Yeah. I'm telling you, that is those are the masterpieces so of the weeks that yeah. I regret the most is me. Somebody says something dumb, and I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. But you didn't even notice this one. Like no. You were so invested in like uh, geeking out that Sting was talking with you and just carrying a conversation. Like, that was a really cool conversation, man. Yeah. Like, he his is, his insight cool. on rehab yes. and what Terrence Steele might be facing and how you have to adjust as an athlete, I thought was really interesting. That was a great question by me. 
Yes. As I predict, you will hear another great question from Corey tomorrow. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Dallas Cowboys thank you notes. Who deserves a tip of your cap following the nail-biting win over the Texans? We'll do it next right here on The Fan. And a handoff to Pearson. Wilson down to the box. Balls fumbled. Picked up by Diggs. Coming right at the 40. Now trying to go left. Now retreating back to the 50. Now circling back to his right again. To the 45. To the 40. To the 35. Looking for a convoy. And he finally gets out of bounds because he's out of gas. <laughs> KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. Cowboys thank you notes. If you want to send those in, 877-881-1053. I'm curious to see how that goes. Also, I'm catching up. Thank you guys so very much for A, all the positive feedback on that interview with Sting, and B, bringing up what I said or agreed with that will probably end up on Masterpiece of the Week. Definitely. Couple more. <laughs> whoops. Couple more things is if you missed the information, Terrence Steele. ACL, torn ACL, going to be out for the rest of the year as first reported by Bobby Belt. So it's nice when you also you actually break sports news first guaranteed. So that's pretty cool. And then also, if you're a fan of the G-Bag Nation, which why would you not be, and a fan of the Rangers, holy cow. Today, they're going to be out at the Texas Rangers toy drive at 240. They're going to have, have on John Gray. In the 4 o'clock hour, Chris Young, 440, Marcus Simeon, 620, Michael Young. So it's a charitable Rangers extravaganza Heck, today. they don't need me. They said I had to go on because I'm, oh. I'm signing autographs from 5 to 6. What? So Are you serious? You can either get like Marcus Simeon's autograph or Mike Bassick Jr.'s autograph. So big decisions there on which line you want to get Do you ever in. sign Jr. on there? No, because oh. I don't consider myself a Jr. I have a different middle name, but a lot of people call me Jr., which is fine. I have another question. Do you ever write little notes like on your autographs or is it just your signature? Like, would you, are you going to start writing like make your free throws me, Mavs or something? Oh God. <laughs> that would be amazing, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Man, I love my Dallas Mavericks. But man, do they irritate the living <laughs> crap out of me. I know. Maybe Cowboy fans feel that way today. Yes, I think this is, except they, they ended up winning the game. Like yeah. It would be like if the Mavs beat the Bucks 107-106 instead, but they still miss all those free throws. You'd be like, yeah, we won, but I don't, I got some thoughts and questions. I can't believe Milwaukee knew that play after the Mavericks had run it 73 straight times at the end of a game. And I think that you will not love, did you see the quote from Giannis afterwards is, by the way, the Mavs are the only team in the last 25 years to miss their last six free throws in a one-point loss. So there's that. Yeah, take that, Nick Anderson. So also, Giannis said, basketball gods, if you compete hard, they reward you at the end. So we were being punished by the basketball gods for not competing hard in our pregame shenanigans by missing all of those but free it's, throws. It's going to be okay because okay. we're going to make this trade for John Collins and then what? we'll be fine. Are y'all not seeing this, that Shams is saying that the Mavericks are one of four teams that are showing interest in, uh, in John Collins again? Well... If he costs money, we don't want him. Go okay. check out how much Mark Cuban pays for basketball teams. <laughs> Seems like last. Yes, it is very, very low. All right, now, on the Cowboys' front, it is still a victory Monday. Who deserves your, your thank yous? Do you mind if I throw one out first? Yeah, go ahead, man. Okay. The offense for finally showing up when they were needed is... To start the game and to end the game. Exactly. Now, don't worry about the middle part. I have lots of thoughts and questions about that. Is 11 plays, 
98 yards, their best drive to finish a game off in five years. And I thought that drive was phenomenal. I have to admit, my expectation level was not off the charts when that drive began, but it was a hell of a drive. I loved it. I thought they were going to... I thought they were going to tie the game. Dave, okay. Dave Swavey actually texts me, guns and hoses, uh, great guy. And he goes, I can't believe we're going to lose to the Texans. He said, we're going to win in overtime. I thought I didn't know they were going to go all the way, but I was like, it's the Houston Texans. They just proved that they can lose this game by the running back going the wrong way, going for it on fourth down, a whole bunch of different things. And yes, the Cowboys stopped them. All the credit in the world to the Cowboys for stopping the mighty Houston Texans there on the goal line. But once that happened, I was like, Cowboys are going to win this game. Houston is a loser, and they're going to lose. Man, that's that's a very valid point. I I want to thank. So I'd like to thank the Texans running back for, for being, not knowing which way the ball was <laughs> supposed to go. Fourth down. I want to thank Leighton Vanderesh, yes, for like showing up and being a reliable force. Because you know we were talking with Darren Woodson about this last night. They weren't getting the pressure that we think they should get. You know, they we expect sacks. Uh, from this team, they we expect pressure from this team. It just seemed like it wasn't there. Well, what did what did Darren say last night? He was like, "Look, man, when you get them on first and second down, our guys know on third down what they can do." And they weren't doing that because yesterday they were running the ball pretty well against the Cowboys. They made that plan of, "Look, we're not going to go behind the sticks. We're going to make sure we're moving forward, and we have short yardage situations to work with." Leighton Vanderash played a really good game stopping the run. I really re- uh, appreciated what he was able to do yesterday. So that's 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 where one of mine goes. I got a couple more though. Fourteen tackles, second most of his career, most since his All Pro rookie season. And a tiffle. Uh huh. Tackle for loss. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he got a tiffle. Is I want to thank Neville Gallimore for dropping a Matumbo on Jeff Driscoll <laughs> on third and five. It was from the Cowboys forty with a little bit more than eight minutes to go. Who knew the wild ebbs and flows that were still to come in that game? But that was the part, and they were going to punt it, and it was the not today. And I was like, hell yeah, that's going to be the play that gets us back in, and we're going to win this game. We would, but like I said, there's still going to be a few more things to come with that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's for sure. You, you got something, Mike? You look like you're ready to. No, I just didn't know what you are saying. A tuffle? Yeah. Tackle for loss? Okay. It's just a, it's like RSBI, you know, just a, an acronym. Gotcha. So. It sounds like you're trying to clear your throat or something. <clears throat> no, that, that makes sense. Oh, okay. The, Interesting. I'd like to thank Mark Sanchez. I like him calling a game better yeah. than I do. I don't dislike oh, Greg no. Olson. Oh, no. But I, that side? I, I thought Mark Sanchez finish. was really good. I was like, I enjoy his uh, calling of a game. You don't. I thought there were some cheesy moments that he, like, just, some, I did love the fact I when Sean was like, he dropped. Bucky's and all the area Nolan stuff because he was around here. Yeah, he did a really good job at connecting. There are some moments when I was like, you didn't need to throw that line out there. But I, it's fine. You can like who you want. I'm not going to tell you how to fan. Never tell anybody how to fan. At one point, I could tell that Mark Sanchez wanted to criticize the quarterback, but in his brain, he's like, I sucked at this at this <laughs> level, and I'm just going to kind of say, like, the quarterback might have not done well right there. Okay, and that was the closest you were going to get to. I think think with Troy, and I totally get it, right? I was a really crappy major leaguer, but I was a major leaguer. Sanchez was better than I was at NFL, but he was not a good NFL quarterback. Sometimes you're like, I don't know how harsh I want to be here with the criticism that uh, people could go, well, look at you, butt fumble, you know? So 
That definitely went to a better place than I thought. It oh was my go. God, me too. For mm-hmm. half a second, I think my heart stopped, and that was much better. From the two one four, thank you, Jason Peters, for not being Josh Ball. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I do want to go back, and we will get a chance to talk with Broadus about this later. But Broadus said Josh Ball had two bad plays. Everybody has pointed out that both of those plays turned into a fumble and an interception. And Broadus said, "Yes, those absolutely. That is absolutely true." Those plays so, happen. So basically, Josh Ball can keep you afloat until he doesn't, and then it's going to be catastrophic. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those very Charlie Chaplin moment where everything just falls apart on you. Okay, but th- that yeah, is but, a good description of that. But thanks again, though, to Jason Peters for showing up and like kind of. I like the story behind this, Mike. Of he's sitting there watching it, going, "Okay, I have to go play." And he turns around, and there's the coach going, you're in. And he's like, good, because I was about to go tell you I need to go in right now. Okay, because we have to take it just one more step back. is Because originally he's like, I don't want to play right tackle. Yeah. I don't want to play tackle. He's like, I haven't done that. Because the line was, I don't want to hurt the team. I haven't done this in 17 years. I don't want to hurt the team. And then he was like, well, that's hurting the team. I can do better <laughs> than that. So I'm going to go out there and fix this real quick, or at least try to be the one. You know, and I appreciate that, man. He he didn't feel comfortable with it, but he went out and did it, and it helped. It helped on that drive for sure. I have a feeling starting tomorrow he's going to be practicing that full time. Probably so. Yeah, pro- I mean, you might definitely be right about that. And I want to. Do think- you think Josh Ball starts, or do you think Peter starts next game? Peters. Yeah. But I, I mean, Peters. I... I w- there's lots of things that I thought the Cowboys should have done personnel-wise over the years that they're like, that's cool. We're going to go and in I a mean, different direction. Not anybody pointing out we're choosing between Peters and Ball. I Two offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Correct. To play the sport, Kevin. Can, okay. You doing? Can I... Can I thank Donovan Wilson real quick yes. for causing the most cartoonish fumble that I've ever <laughs> seen in my life? Whoop. Like yes. I, I needed sound effects for that fumble. Absolutely. I just, did that fumble? I thought that fumble was going to hit the jumbotron. Yes, I, I thought it was incredible the height that you got off of that. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So what amused you more then? The cartoonish fumble aspect. I'm of watching that. it right now. Okay. Actually, it just popped up on my Twitter timeline. Yeah, just point to me and I'll be like, whoop. Just imagine <laughs> it's like it looked like when Sonic gets hit and the rings fly out, oh, except yeah. it was a football. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good man. One. I want somebody to recreate that, but with all the footballs flying out, just like they're the rings from that, I would love to see that. Did that amuse you more, or did Diggs and Mokwamu laying on the turf together when the game was won, arguing with one another about who gets the football for the interception, amuse you more? That is 100% what was happening. I Listen, when Mickey was talking about that this morning, and he and Mike threw out the, the you know, they all ran away, the Texans receivers all ran away, and Mickey was like, well, I think they were expecting the tip. You can't expect that with Diggs. Yeah. Like that dude's getting the football. If he has a free chance to get the football, he's going to get the football. He's a receiver. Uh, he catches the football. So that was, uh, I, I understand most teams probably would be like, hey, don't forget Diggs is back there. So you're going to have to go up for this thing. And that was the that was the rest of the fumble that you were talking about is I went back and tracked it. So Diggs ran around with the ball for 15 seconds. At one point, how many he, yards did you track? Okay. Yards, okay, okay. I didn't get like up and down across the field yards, but at one point, let me, he, let me check next gen's chat stats because they would, keep that stuff. Okay, I would love to know that. At one point, he went back to their own 45 before eventually advancing it. So here's how it went: is he it was a Barry Sanders play? Absolutely. He got the ball at the Texans 45, eventually ended up back at his own 45 before advancing 43. it back to I show 45, before advancing it back to the Texans 28. 
So he went all over the field, and I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, no, that was a blast of a play, too. And that was one of those plays, Kevin, that I had to, like, pause and go back because the kids were all rambunctious yeah. around me. And I, I missed part of it and was like, what just happened? And then I came back to it and was like, okay, that was a lot of fun. In a game that wasn't a lot of fun for the majority of the time. No. Uh, but that definitely was. I, I want to thank Dak for the two-minute drive. Sure. I mean, he put his body on the line with some runs. He completed some tough passes. I really wish that throw to Gallup in the end zone would have been a lot better because yeah. then you wouldn't have had the moment of, is it, was it a touchdown or not? There were moments in this game that Dak's window was like, he was throwing through at bigger windows, at bigger targets that didn't, weren't, didn't exist. And underthrew a couple. There were yeah. a lot of moments in this game that you're just like, what is Dak doing today? He needs to, to hone in just a little bit more, and I'm sure at some point he will, but he delivered on a lot of plays in that two-minute drive that ultimately got the win for you. My biggest thank yous might be reserved for Tank, Barr, and Gallimore. Demarcus Lawrence broke through the offensive line and destroyed Rex Burkhead. And then Barr and Gallimore, I know we've talked about how things broke apart, but Barr and Gallimore, double-team tackle on the fourth and goal that saved the game. Like, even if things break apart, he still could have scored off of that play, but the way they converge and just stuff that... And obviously gave you the opportunity to win the game was incredible. This is the one of the best Demarcus Lawrence seasons we've seen in a very in a long time. That's why we got to get him up in the Pro Bowl voting. Yeah, I think we should definitely make an attempt to get that for sure. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy, where I ain't lying. Detroit is on a roll. We'll do it next right here in the Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, it's time to go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Biscuits. And we start with, if you missed the news, unfortunately, Terrence Steele is out for the rest of the season due to that ACL injury as broken first by Bobby Belt with 105.3 The Fan. And never forget... That's Gridiron Gravy brought to you by Diamond Factory Dallas. Appreciative of that, not appreciative of the team. We'll be there Steel Wednesday, injury. by the way. That's right. And on, what? when we're the there Wednesday doing our show, Derek Holland is going to be there for the show. And Diamond Factory is going to give you the opportunity to win an autographed Dak Prescott helmet. Are you, you're serious. I am serious. A helmet? That's right. With Dak Prescott's name on it. That's right. That he wrote. Autographed. That is awesome. So all you have to Unlike do is, his rookie cards. All yes. you have to do is right. walk in there, buy all the diamonds, and then get an opportunity to win. I still think our goal of you have to get closest to guessing the value of oh, all yeah, of yeah. the diamonds is a great idea. I could see how for insurance purposes they might think that's less of a great idea, mm-hmm. but I also would like for you to try to buy all the diamonds. Forty seven dollars. Yes. That feels low. Very low. Oh, okay. Fifty seven dollars. I, <laughs> I mean, that's closer. Nice. Yeah, I guess. All right, let's go ahead and fire off cut number 31, if we may, please. Herbert fakes the handoff to Kelly, rolls to his right. All kinds of green in front of him, throws to the end zone, caught! Touchdown, Chargers! Mike Williams, 10 yards from Herbert for the 18th time in their careers. Justin Herbert saying, hey, I can win a game for once that matters. Gets them up to 7-6. and six. 
The Dolphins looked bad, bad, bad. Snap! <laughs> On oh. gridiron gravy and Justin Hart. Did you know, Corey, if you could guess one player that he's going to snap on, who? What? The, what's that one player's name? Russell Wilson. Justin Herbert. Oh, Justin Herbert, too. Yeah. So he, two players. He hates that guy. I don't no, know. I just think he's either. very, uh, considering what he's accomplished, he's a bit overrated. Now, keep that in mind. This is going to fly in the face of That's that. That's true. Yes. No, I think uh, he has a very good point. The guy has all the physical attributes. Absolutely. The ball is like when he throws, it's like, wow. But that it's the team's not it hasn't come together for them yet. And I can blame it on a lot of different things, but including he's the guy that plays quarterback. Yeah, including injuries this year. But people were already penciling him in as a no doubt top five quarterback. And anyone who doubts it is a fool. And you're kind of watching it play out. And you're like, yeah, I, don't I know. do. I do wonder, Kevin, how many GMs and coaches would take him in that top five right now like, yeah because they, they look at it and go oh I, I could work with that quarterback he yeah. can do everything they just got to be better at calling the plays for him justin herbert did however surpass andrew luck another quarterback who i'm sure some people have similar feelings about for the most passing yards through three years so congratulations for him for breaking that record but more importantly for staying in the playoff hunt is i know we talked about it is it's tough but you're seeing the Dolphins have been struggling. The Chargers pick up a very key win, so they're still alive in that shot to make the playoffs. Man, I don't watch a lot of Tua T except for highlights, but when you get to watch him play in yesterday's game or last night's game, I was like, oh, this doesn't look like this looks like all the negative things people say about Tua T. And all of a sudden, they're at eight and five. The Chargers and the Jets are both seven and six. I think the Chargers hold the tie break, but still four games to go. So now the Dolphins have gone from hey, we look like the second or third best team to, hey, we need to make the playoffs. Mike, having been a, a red zone watcher, I get to, I do see a lot of Tua, and this dude, he'll make it up with a 50-yard bomb to Waddle, you know, or a 50-yard throw to, to Tyreek Hill. Who has an ankle injury. I mean, like, this is, there There will be moments where you're like, oh, man. But then all of a sudden, the next play, you're like, wow, there it was. So, it is, it's not Jekyll and Hyde, but that does pop up. I mean, it does pop up where you're like, nah, he's just not complete. All right. But Mike McDaniel's done it. I wonder it really. how good he would be if his dad would have let him throw with his dominant hand as a kid. Oh. <laughs> Do you know that? I don't think I did yeah, his, know that. His dad made him left-handed. He's not naturally left-handed. Oh, okay. That wasn't God's plan for him, but he made him throw it left-handed. Drake. I, I had not... I don't think I was aware of that. All right, we're going to get to it sooner rather than later, so let's go ahead and do sooner. Let's go ahead and fire off cut number 26, please, and thank you. Trevor fires left side. That ball is going to be caught for the touchdown by Evan Ingram in the left corner in the end zone. Are you kidding me? The Jags have extended the lead. And the Jaguars up next for the Cowboys would be victorious over the Titans, 36-22. A lot of big deals coming out of this for both teams. Trevor Lawrence threw it 40-plus times, set a career high with 368 yards passing, broke the team's eight-game losing streak in Nashville. He is also the first Jags quarterback ever with 300 passing yards, multiple passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown in a single game for the Jags. Wow, all this praise you're giving this guy that's really accomplished nothing, though. A little bit of swag there. Huh? All you do is talk about how great Trevor Lawrence is all the time. I And think Mike's over here like, let's calm down I just a little bit. I think you might have that reverse. Did Mike just shimmy? 
Yeah. Why did she? Who are you gonna who are you gonna be cheering for this weekend? Don't ask don't ask that question. Okay. Oh my god. Let me, let me ask you this, Kevin. As much praise as you're dumping Four on Trevor Lawrence right now. In one game and now he gets to go back home. Did that on the road. Usually he just has four team. turnovers in a game. Do you believe? <laughs> oh my God. Do you believe that the Titans are still a really good contender? They're or are you coming to my playoffs. side a little They're bit They're going to win that division. And I don't even know if they have to win another game. This is the first time in four years that the Titans have lost three consecutive games. They are spiraling. But don't get it twisted, Corey. When you asked that, they were in the mix. Now... They are falling apart. I will continue. But they're to still going to win their division. That they are frauds until they prove otherwise. That's why. I, that's oh, my man. stance on them. Ooh, we're going to have the all-time fraud bowl or the 2022 fraud bowl because the they and got Vikings. No, they got the Chargers next. Oh, so yeah. we'll see yep. who is going to. Can you imagine if T Law beats the Cowboys? The hype going into next season. <laughs> the hype from T-Law. you. On everybody. I don't know. This is going to become Jaguars Nation. They're going to become the new America's team. I don't. You don't think so? Think I'm ready to say that that is the case. They're going to be Europe's team. The week before, they lost to 26 points by the Lions, and you said I he forgot. stunk. I forgot that game already. Okay. okay. Isn't me uh, the most heralded team in Florida? You said the Lions are the best team in the NFL. Oh, earlier. man. Let's talk about the Lions. <laughs> the Lions are on a roll. Let's go ahead and fire off cut number 24, because like I said, the Lions are on a roll. Goff looks out over that Minnesota defense. Now he ducks in, hands it to Jackson. Bounces left, outside at the 10. Jackson 5, angling for the end zone. Did he get in? Yes, sir! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! The Detroit Lions beat the Vikings 34-23. Lions have now won five of their last six games. Yeah, Hooray. What, what are you going to do if you're Jacksonville? That team can't lose. <laughs> That's a good point. But what do you think about this? Is Ian Rappaport came out and said the Lions do not consider... Jared Goff to be a bridge quarterback. You know, like all... Well, they, they still think he's the future. They he's think he's the guy. Well, good he, luck with that. I mean, he, had a really good, he had a really good game yesterday. He, he did. When I'll tell you this. When Jared Goff is good, he's really good. When he's bad, he's like, you're like, huh, he's mediocre and poor. And you're like, is that the real Jared Goff that exists? When he's... There, there are things you saw in college from him where you're like, man, downfield, this dude can throw dimes. And, you know, he got to a Super Bowl. I, you'll give all credit to Sean McVay. But, like, when he's good, he's good. When he's bad. And I think that team can which still be better. Which makes him average, right? Yeah. And that's – it's tough to win Consistency's with an average Consistency's tough, man. Like, to win it – like, to want to go – yes, to make the playoffs, you can make the playoffs with an average quarterback. Probably one every three years. You're kind of a 33% playoff team if Goff was the quarterback of the Lions the next 10 years. Like, I think that would be their hope. We can make it three out of 10 years in the playoffs. I, I would hate to be a franchise that is just like, yeah, that's great. Perfect. We just need an average quarterback. Like, yeah. But we're never going to do anything special. Yeah. And that's why I was, I mean, I know they're winning, but I was very fascinated to hear that report. Did you also see the report that the the NFL fined the Saints $350,000, fined their head coach $100,000, and their co-defensive coordinators $50,000 apiece for what they felt was faking of an injury by taking a knee on Monday Night Football. Everyone involved with the Saints says they're going to appeal the fines, but yeah, $500,000 in fines for that. Well, you should never fake, fake it. Never fake anything. <laughs> anything? What do you, what do you want? Well, just growing up, my mom taught me to fake enthusiasm for a present that was no good. 
And so now to this day, I've passed that down to my son. Now the other one, Noah will have to learn eventually. But yeah, you could give me the worst present ever. And I'm like, oh, wow, what a great present. And I can sell it. See, my parents never told me to fake that. They just always said, if you get the same present, don't say I already got, got one that? of these. Yeah. yeah, that was the one that I was always Oh, I love like- the first one I got so much. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good idea. And then for Tom Brady... We should take some of these options off the table, right? His He said all options are reportedly on the table for next year, including free agency and everything like that. Do you think the option should be to go retire? Do you think this is all Tom Brady that's happening, or do you think that they're, just a, they're not good enough right now? Oh, yeah, no. It's not all just on Tom Brady, but I, I, I am watching some things. Where you're like... Dude, oh, like when he'll skip a pass in there that like looks like Donovan McNabb from years ago. But he'll or, still blame ugh. somebody else. He's like, what are you doing? That's the wrong thing. Is There's you, no way the Cowboys could lose to that team, right? I, that's who they're probably going to. At this point, Philly has to lose two out of four, which doesn't feel realistic. I mean, you hope that the Cowboys win, you know, beat them, one yeah. of them, and then you're hoping that somehow they lose another one and the Cowboys have to win out. But yeah. It's just like you're going to play Tampa in the first round at Tampa, and that looks so easy. I right will tell now. you this: if they were to lose that game, I will try you're to res- fire. You're going to try to fire Mike McCarthy all off season. Oh, he's going to get fired if they lose that game to a team with a losing record. He will get fired. I will bet you a whole dollar on that. Okay, game. I accept. Is, I'm not, and I, I'm just saying that seems like something logical. I will try to respond to everyone who said the Cowboys were fraudulent all year. If they lose to Tampa Bay, I'll be like. All right, you win. I don't think any of that is going to happen. Will but you throw a pizza party for it? That, no. Wham, we're really trying to get that pizza party going. Why would I throw a pizza party to celebrate something crappy? Because pizza parties it's are like, hey, let's have an Avatar sequel release party. Cauliflower yeah, crust pizza Because pizza party. makes things better, and yeah. you would be feel better after the pizza party. You hate cauliflower, right? Oh, it's okay. Yeah, so cauliflower pizza party. Okay, still no. We're the KNC Masterpiece oh, right here on 105.3 The with Fan. vegetables on it. I mean, look, that wouldn't be my favorite pizza, but, you know. Coming up next, we will talk with our Dallas Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan.